Hi, you're listening to Scream of the Crime. I'm Tess. And I'm Maggie, and this is a podcast where we talk about true crime and what would happen if your favorite TV and movie characters committed those crimes. Yeah, what's up? It's like adorable pause. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this episode's a little late. We've been hella busy. Yeah, and neither of our schedules really accommodate for recording a podcast, so, considering that we both close at the place we both work at. <laughs> but like on opposite nights than yeah. the other person. So every night is um taken up, <laughs> yeah. and we never do it on the weekend. Like because a, we're stupid. We, I always suggest we should just do this on the weekend. And I'm like, mm. And then we get tired. I don't do notes. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe one day we'll be Being better. a college student is so hard. <laughs> um, that being said, I'm sick. So I'm sorry if my voice sounds funky. Um, Tess made soup, though. so I did. And it's delicious. And I love her. And she thought of me even though I don't live with her. Well... Yes, that's true. Again, I'm one. Anytime anyone's sick, I'm like, oh, I should make soup. And I've said that to most. <laughs> There's been, like, a plague going around campus mm-hmm. in the past, like, week of everyone getting sick. And I don't want to get sick. And I typically, like, usually if it's if I get sick, I'm, like, the last one. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, like, be preemptive about it and just be real, you know. I'm sorry if there's noise. The air conditioning's a little loud. And just turned on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to stay above... Uh, but I've told a lot of... I've promised a lot of people soup, and you are the only person that I've actually made soup for so far. So Your soup's really good. Um, anyway, I have seven pages of notes, so let's get into this. Okay. So I was in class today, my consumer behaviors class, and I was like, hey, what should I do for my podcast episode? Mm-hmm. And then one of the girls that I would least suspect expected to know anything about crime. She's like, do that woman that was like, she's in a recent area. And I, and then she explained this all to me. Uh-huh. And I like Googled it and I was telling her name. She's like, no, it's not that one. And I was like, is it this one? She's like, that's the one. I knew it would be a Stacy. And I was like, oh my God. You. Did you like pull your class? No, no, no. It was, um, <laughs> it was right after class ended. We ended class early. Oh. Yeah. I, was <laughs> I was like, hey, everybody. <laughs> As we all know, I have a podcast. No, I don't. I don't tell teachers that. Um, anyway, so I'm doing Stacy Castor, which I'm about to cough. <coughs> um, I just realized I don't have a location on this one, but she said it was local, so I'm gonna say it's in New York City. Okay. Not the city, New York it's state. What's anyway. the? Wait, can you repeat the name? I'll see if I can get a. You know, how about this? I'll just get in. Okay. I don't wanna I don't wanna ruin it for you. Alright. Even though I told you what this was about. I don't now know. I, now I feel stupid. It was in Clay, New York. Well that's where she was born. I feel like that's close to here. I've definitely seen I've never heard of Clay. I mean <laughs> I couldn't tell you where it is, but it sounds like a place that would be near here. Yeah. Uh, well, it's in New York. More in New York, so. There you go. Anyway, so she was born um, on July 24th, 1967. Okay. So she's a year younger than my mother. 
She met Michael Wallace when she was 17 years old in 1985, and they bonded immediately. And then Caster felt that Wallace was her true love. Oh, yeah, I know. The couple married and had their first daughter Ashley in 1988, mm-hmm. and then in 1991 they had the second daughter Bree. Um, Caster was employed by an ambulance dispatch company, while Wallace worked nights as a mechanic. But the family had little money. According to Caster, Wallace was very close to Bree, um, showing favoritism that um, Caster made up for by becoming best friends with Ashley. So the husband liked the youngest daughter, and then so she was like, "I'm gonna maybe become best friends with the oldest daughter." Okay. Suck it. <laughs> All right. Um. In spite of their closeness with their children, the couple grew apart, and it was rumored that they were both having affairs. Damn. Yeah. Um, so, in late 1999, the year I was born, um, Wallace began feeling um, intermediately ill. Hmm. Uh, family members uh, variously remembered him as acting unsteady, um, coughing, and seemed swollen. Oh, weird. Some could say the same about me. As an unexplicable illness persisted over the holiday season, his family encouraged him to seek medical care, but he died in the early 2000s before he could do so. What happened to him? I'm so glad you asked. I'll get to it. Okay. Their daughter Ashley was 11 at the time and had been alone with him, um, so she blamed herself for his death. Mm. (coughs) Okay. She had noticed his ill appearance that day, but thought nothing of it. Um, cause she was fucking 11. Yeah. You know? Um, doctors told Castor that Wallace died of a heart attack. Odd. I don't know. Like, I mean, it just feels weird that he'd have, like, that's not what I was expecting it to be. He died of a cold. No. Yeah. Um, though Wallace's sister was skeptical of the heart attack having been the cause and requested an autopsy for Wallace, Castor refused. Oh. Suspicious. Oh. Do you, did you forget everything I told you? I, I totally forgot. I forgot everything you told me before. Because <laughs> I was... Listen, go on, and I will tell you what I was expecting. Okay. Castor said she believed the doctors were co- correct about Wallace's demise. In 2003, um, she married David... Oh, my God. Stacy married David Castor, and that's how... Her name's Stacy, so we're all clear. Uh-huh. Um, I spelled her name wrong at the top. I didn't put the E in. I'm stupid. Um, she married David Castor, and that's where she gets her her last name. Oh, okay. Stacy Castor. Yeah. She didn't marry someone that was related to her. Mm-hmm. Um, Castor was the owner of an air conditioning installation and repair company, and she ster- served as an office manager. In August 2005, at... 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. One afternoon, Castor called her local sheriff's office to tell them that her husband had locked himself in their bedroom for a day following an argument and was not responding to his cell phone. When he did not appear at their shared workplace, she had be- become worried and she claimed he was depressed. Mm-hmm. Unable to get a response, Sergeant Robert Will- Willoughby of the Onondaga County Sheriff's Department kicked in the door of the bedroom and found David Castor lying dead. Interesting. I have a feeling it wasn't, uh... If I wasn't so sick, that would have sounded really cool. (laughs) (coughs) Among the items near his body were a container of antifreeze and a half-full glass of the... Oh, my God. Of bright green liquid. Willoughby says he remembered that Castor screamed, He's not dead! He's not dead! 
The girl, Castor, not the man, Castor. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, the coroner reported that David Castor had committed suicide through a self-administered lethal dose of antifreeze. But when police found Stacy Castor's fingerprints on the antifreeze glass and located a turkey baster that had David Castor's DNA on the tip, they began to suspect that Stacy Castor had engineered her husband's death. Yeah. They believed that Stacy had used the turkey baster to force feed him once he became too physically weak. Um to drink it mm-hmm. on his own. You understood. The detectives in the case ordered wiretapping on Castor's house. They listened in on phone calls for, an unu- for unusual conversations. In addition, they set up cameras overlooking Castor's house and her husband's gravesite, um, who had been buried side by side. So her husbands are buried <laughs> That's next to each other. terrible. <laughs> um, and that was at her request, the graves next to each other, not the cameras. Oh, weird. Um, detectives reasoned that if Castor were truly genuine about her love for her late husband, then she would eventually visit their graves. Mm-hmm. They wanted to observe her behavior while she was there. Castor, however, however, never visited. <laughs> Sorry, she didn't love them. The investigators soon felt the only way to prove Castor was responsible for both homicides was to have Wallace's body exhumed. A toxicology screening ruled that Wallace had also been killed through antifreeze poisoning. Damn. How easy is it to come by antifreeze? Like to... Like to buy it. Extremely easy. It is. We could go get some right now. Oh my god, let's do it. Um, <laughs> like, I think it's at most gas stations. <coughs> oh, because you put it in your car. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing that in my car... It keeps going off. It keeps going off even though it's not uh, wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just going to eat some soup for a second. Okay. I'll just keep talking about my car. (laughs) Antifreeze. No, it's... My car is very... It's not very old, but it's, you know, older. And the sensor in it's like something's wrong with it. So it'll just go, like, blaring loud beeping that the antifreeze is empty. And it's not. Like, I've checked it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. But, uh... Otherwise, it's a great car. That's good. I love her car. It's bright blue. It's called the Blueberry. Yeah. In September of 2007, amid mounting mounting evidence that Castor had murdered both of her husbands, she began to panic. After she learned police had exhumed Wallace's body and found traces of antifreeze in his system, she believed to have devised a plan to set up her daughter, Ashley, for the murders. Mm. Whack. Yeah. On Ashley's first day of college... Investigators came to her school to question her about her father's death and to inform her that he had been poisoned instead of having a heart death of a, instead of dying of a heart attack. An upset Ashley called Castor. Castor. Soon after, Ashley said Castor invited her to come to the family home in Liverpool and drink together. Liverpool, New York. Mm. Just so we're all clear. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay. Castor said that he had been through enough emotional stress and needed to. Oh, sorry, that she had been through enough emotional stress and needed to relax. Ashley agreed because Castor was not only her mother, but her best friend. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the following day, Castor invited Ashley to drink together at home again. She says that her mother offered her a nasty-tasting drink that she at first refused, but eventually drank because she trusted Castor. Is it antifreeze? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, but I think it might have just been super alcoholic. Oh, I say because I think if it was antifreeze, you would like you would like know you would know. Yeah, for sure. But maybe I'm wrong. I wrote these notes, but now I'm forgetting. I don't think it was antifreeze. Yeah. It reminds me. Last night was my friend 
friend's birthday, 21st birthday. Uh-huh. And we went out. Yes. And um, my other friend ordered her a blueberry Long Island iced tea. And apparently it was like tasted just just like alcohol. Like there was no iced tea Damn. in it at all. And like everyone like that was over 21 was like just taking sips of it. And they're like, dear God, that's nasty. Wow. I mean, yeah. at least you're getting your money's worth. But like. I guess. But it was her last drink out of like four. <laughs> She's like, I can't do it. And we're like, just finish it. Passes out on the like, sidewalk. Like we want to go home. <laughs> It was, it was funny, though. Bro, my birthday's on a Monday. Oh, you're going to get wrecked. I am going to have to wait, like, yeah. until the weekend to do anything. Of course. Especially because, like, I have an 8 a.m. Tuesdays. Oh. You know, like, Unless oh. it times out to where it's, like, because sometimes it, um, it's, like, a work day, so we don't have to be there physically. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then maybe. But <laughs> otherwise, yeah, no, my birthday will be celebrated Halloween. Hell yeah. Which is even better. Even better. Um, at first she refu- at first she refused to drink, but eventually drank because she trusted her mother. Yeah. Seventeen hours later. <laughs> not a good sign. Not a good time. Time jump. <laughs> not a good time jump after a drinking story. <laughs> One drink and then it's just black screen and it pops up seventeen hours later. <laughs> it's like um twenty one. And over or whatever that movie was. Yeah. <laughs> they just wake up and they're like, wait. Or the hangover. If you want to go more mainstream. Last Tuesday. That's just a joke. Oh. <laughs> That's not real. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's trying to be funny. Ashley found co- was found comatose on her bed by her younger sister, Brie. Mm-hmm. Caster made the 911 call. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley's sister left her side for a moment, and when she returned, she found a suicide note beside Ashley. Should have leave place later. <laughs> she blinks and there's Bro, a note. Bro, why the- this is- <laughs> this woman is, like, so terrible. Yeah. Um, the note appeared to be Ashley's murder confession, and what she admits to have killing her father and stepfather. Caster quickly took the note from the sister and later gave it to the paramedics. Tests revealed that potentially fatal painkillers had, be fa- had been found in Ashley's system and that she most likely would have died if not taken to the hospital just a few minutes later. Damn. Oh, yeah. I have to cough. Okay. <coughs> I thought that would help. When Ashley awakened, um, with police questioning her, her about the murders and the suicide note found beside her, she said that the last thing she remembered was her mother making her an alcoholic drink, something she had never done before. Yeah, my Sus. mom ever gives me an alcoholic drink, I'm like, you you framing me? Oh, what a mood. Yeah. I was talking to my mom today, and she was just like, um, I think, I like I was telling her it was like my friend's birthday, and she, I was like, oh yeah, she's like 21, she's like, oh, are you going to a party? I'm like, no, because I can't mm-hmm. go out. Um, but she's like, oh, you're turning 21 soon, and I'm like, uh-huh, and she's like, watch out. I'm like, okay, ominous. And I was like, ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. I Going to people's, like, parents' houses when, like, the parents are, like, super chill about, like, drinking, I'm like, this is unnatural and weird. I once went to a graduation party when they pulled out, like, a five-foot-tall bong in front of their parents. And I was like, are your parents okay with this? And they're like, yeah. And then some random dudes showed up, and we were, like, in a bedroom drinking, and he comes in, he's like, yo, whose house is this? And I was like, 
I don't know, man. And he was just like, their parents are cool with this? And I was like, I guess. And then you're like, I now have to leave. I was like, I have to get out of here. I don't like this atmosphere. Dare uh, didn't teach me that this was okay. <laughs> yeah. Dare. Bro, remember when I was like, I remember being in that and being like, drugs are bad. I, mean, drugs <laughs> I are will bad. never drink or do anything. <laughs> I, I've never, yeah. Drugs are bad. Well, like, yeah, drug, like, drug drugs, you know? Like, hard Yeah, drug- like, drugs. <laughs> like, hard drugs are bad. Yeah, I mean, not the legalized kind. Yeah. In some states. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, whatever. Um, <clears throat> what was I saying? Something about something. I'm just, I lost my place. Oh, prosecutors, I oh, know, I, I, I think I just was scrolling while not looking. <laughs> You were at, um, she would have died in the hospital, but she's alive. I'm in there. We're almost there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, she told the officers that she did not write the note and was confused about their questions and accusations. She's like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. What note? (laughs) My mom offered me a nasty drink. (laughs) Um, for two years, investigators had collected evidence against Castor for the deaths of her husband's. In 2007, she was arrested for second-degree murder in David's death and for attempted murder of Ashley and, um, frame... Oh, my God. For attempting to murder Ashley and frame her for the murders of David and Wallace. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors argued that the computer-generated note where Ashley confesses to killing Wallace and David had actually been written by Castor. Wouldn't you believe? Wow. She, like, printed it out like it was still warm, you know? And yeah. Um, Ashley was 11 at the time of her father Wall- Wallace's death. Um... When brought to the stand, she testified that she did not murder either her father or her stepfather, nor did she write the suicide note. She's like, I was a child. Yeah, that's like, yeah, no way. Um, Onondaga County District Attorney William Fitzpatrick and Chief Assistant District Attorney Christine Garvey argued that David Castor's suicide had never been uh, had never made sense given the lack of his fingerprints on the glass or the container tainted with um, ethanol glycol antifreeze. <laughs> A toxic substance found in antifreeze. <laughs> and the turkey baster found in the kitchen um, garbage bearing both ethanol glycol and his DNA. Mm-hmm. They found that this suggests he was force-fed antifreeze. Given evidence of the um, evolution of David Castor's illness, they concluded that Castor had for four days fed her husband antifreeze through the baster before trying to make it look like a suicide. So that's why... So, going back... Yeah, the first... The, the suicide yeah. one... Uh-huh. She had him, like... She was feeding him poison for four days. Okay. Glad we're on the same page. <clears throat> the prosecutors. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. She said that her husband got the idea. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she had said that her husband had got the idea to kill himself with antifreeze while bo- while they were both watching the news report about Lynn Turner, who murdered two past lovers by using the antifreeze. <laughs> Tune in next week when we talk about Lynn Turner. No. Um, The prosecutors presented evidence showing how antifreeze poisoning can be identified from the growth of calcium oxalate crystals in the kidney, and that this was seen with examination of Wallace and David's body as well. Mm -hmm. So they're like, yes, there was antifreeze. Yeah. 
In addition, they noted money as one of the main reasons Catherine murdered her husband. She had murdered her husband partly to collect their life insurance and estate, um, and had changed David's will to exclude his son uh, by a previous marriage mm-hmm. from the money left to him by David. Oh, okay. I was I was about to ask, like, why did she do this? Money. Yeah. Quote, in 2005, people started to put it together. Um, Kagwa, oh my god. Kayagua County Sheriff Dave... <laughs> Cayuga? Yeah? That's the lake we were at. Oh, okay. Cayuga County Sheriff Dave Gold said, quote, if Mr. Wallace had been cremated or if Mr. Castor had not died, we would never have known we had a homicide. Damn. If there is a ceiling in terms of evil, um, she, that's Castor, is at the ceiling. That's what District Attorney William Fitzpatrick said. Hmm. Having searched Castor's computer, prosecutors had found several drafts of the suicide note Ashley was accused of writing. Oh. (laughs) Dear... Mom, no, no, no. It's like a bunch of different, like... Yeah. You're probably wondering what happened. Record scratch. (laughs) How did I end up here, you ask? Um, Forensic investigators found that based on the timestamps, it had been written while Ashley was in school, proving that she um, couldn't have been the author. Yeah. They argued that the suicide attempt had actually been a planned-out murder attempt by Caster against Ashley. On the stand, Ashley retold her mother... Oh, retold how her mother had convinced her to drink the two nights before she almost died. She repeated that she only drank the nasty-tasting beverage because she trusted Castor. She maintained her innocence of the two murders in writing and the writing of the note. Mm-hmm. Castor's defense team, attorney Charles Keller and Todd Smith, were set on creating reasonable doubt in the jury's mind about Castor having committed the murders. They wanted to poke holes in Ashley's version of what happened and to prove that she could have been capable of the murder at age 11. <laughs> They noted Ashley's father, Wallace, showing favoritism towards his younger daughter rather than Ashley and cited jealousy as a possible motive for Ashley having murdered her at, murdered at such a young age. For a stepfather, they noted that his and Ashley's tumultuous <laughs> relationship and how they did not get along with each other. Castor's mother believed that her granddaughter, Ashley, was guilty. In a final attempt to convince the jury that she was not guilty, Castor took the stand. <coughs> In cross-examination, Fitzpatrick pointed out that he felt um, what he felt were flaws in Castor's version of that night. She maintained that it was Ashley who murdered Wallace and David, though she would not speculate about the motives beyond implying that her daughter might be mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick pointed out that Ashley's mother had never sought therapy for her, for her, and that at 21, Ashley exhibited no signs of mental illness. Yeah. Fitzpatrick asserted that uh, that Castor's behavior during David Castor's and Ashley's illness made no sense given the years she had worked for the paramedic company. She did not seek care for Ashley for 17 hours and indicated that David Castor, who was staggering and vomiting and, and unable to stand, looked okay. Likewise, he questioned how a woman who lost two husbands to poisoning would not seek help for her daughter in Ashley's state. Yeah. Fitzpatrick frequently shouted at Castor, inspiring Castor's defense attorney, Charles Keller, to frequently object and even to request a mistrial. Prosecutors brought up another piece of damaging evidence against Castor when they cited having heard typing sounds while Castor was on the phone during one of the wiretapping recordings presented. Typing sounds can be heard while Castor talks to a friend, though Castor denied memory of using the computer that day. Hmm. That was the proof she typed the suicide note. Yeah. Yeah. 
Prosecutors argued that typing sounds were those of one of the several drafts Kessler had written on the suicide note. Ashley had already testified to having witnessed her mother working on the computer on something that had <laughs> that she had hidden from Ashley. Uh, to be like she had hidden from Ashley. Yeah, you got it. All right. Fitzpatrick claimed that this was the day Caster wrote the note, which um, had Caster's fingerprints, but not Ashley's, to frame her daughter. Yeah. Her fingerprints weren't on the note. <laughs> she's like fingerprints don't exist. I'm gonna. Put them yeah, she's so stupid. She. Um, he told the jury about the word antifreeze being written as anti-free, in four places within a note and within the note, and noted that Caster had also said anti-free. During the interview. Imagine you not knowing how to say the word antifreeze. And then it gets you in jail. And then you get in jail. <laughs> like, the amount of times I've said Tommy Hilfiger wrong. Like, I think I just said it wrong. Like, I'll never know. I feel like you said it right. Because I think for a long period of my life, I said Tommy Hilfiger. Imagine me typing that and going to jail for it. Yeah. The world may never know. <laughs> what you <laughs> when you've only heard it said and you can't type it. Yeah. Um, Castor said that she had cut herself off while saying antifreeze because she had intended to say something else. She was like, the only reason I said antifree was because I was going to say antifreeze, but then I was like, antifree. Oh, wait. <laughs> that, come on, that's so stupid. Yeah. Um, Castor's defense team presented a pharmaceutical expert in an attempt to cast doubt on the prosecution's claim that Caster had drugged Ashley 17 hours prior to being taken to the hospital. <coughs> Quote, Professor Francis Gango testified that after analyzing the traces of drugs and alcohol found in the blood drawn from Ashley at the hospital, Ashley would have had to ingest the alcohol, um, Ritalin, and several other drugs several hours before she was hospitalized. That's a lot of shit. Yeah, I mean. Shocked that she survived that. That's insane. Yeah. Um, on February 5th, 2009, Caster was found guilty of second-degree murder in the poisoning death of David and attempted second-degree murder for overdosing her daughter, Ashley, with drugs and vodka. I wonder if it was just, like, straight vodka and Ritalin. Probably. Oh, it tasted terrible. <laughs> I should... She should have hit it better. I don't know. With jam, with a jam-packed courtroom, most were focused on Castor. Castor, however, um, had her eyes. She had her eyes closed as the verdict was read. Her lead defense counsel Keller announced that Castor would appeal the verdict, including challenging the inclusion of evidence regarding the death of her first husband, in which Castor had not even been charged. Yeah. On March fifth, two thousand nine, at Castor's sentencing, Chief Assistant District Attorney. <laughs> Such a long name. Christine Garvey asked Faye to impose the maximum con oh my God, consecutive sentences because of the brutality of David's death. Further, she criticized how Castor had partied in her backyard with friends like nothing happened as Ashley was comatose in her room. Yeah. Reminds me of Casey Anthony a little bit. Yeah. Quote, she is cold, calculated, and without any emotion for what she has done. Um, human life is sacred. Stacey Castor places no value on human life, not even her own flesh and blood. To Stacey Castor, human beings are disposable. Is what? Um, what's her name? The Chief judge. Assistant Directive Attorney, Direct District Attorney Christine Garvey said. <laughs> full, full title. <laughs> David's son, whom Castor had, had Castor had cheated out of his will, pleaded with Judge Faye 
for Castor to be severely punished. Quote, Your Honor, Castor is a monster and a, and a threat to society, he said. She, was, she has created so much pain and death with this creating multiples of, uh, yeah, multiples of pain and death in the families of those she has hurt. <clears throat> I don't know why I did his voice like that. <laughs> Judge Fahey told Castor that he had never seen a parent attempt to murder their child in order to set their child up for a crime they themselves committed and declared Castor in a class all by herself. Yeah, that's so fucked <coughs> Sorry. He sentenced her to the maximum of 25 years to life for the murder of David Castor and another 25 years for the attempted to for the attempt to kill Ashley and for forging David's will, he ordered Castor to serve an additional one and one third to four years in prison. Yeah. Good. The trial had lasted four weeks, which I think is pretty short. Yeah. Um, an emotional Ashley told the judge she hated her mother, quote, for ruining so many people's lives, but she still loved her for the bond she originally had with her. Now, here's a big, long quote. Okay. I'm ready. I never knew what hate was until now. Even though I do hate her, I still love her at the same time. That bothers me. It's so confusing. How can you hate someone and love them at the same time? I just wish I just wish that she would say sorry for everything she did, including all the lies. As horrible as it makes me feel, this is goodbye, Mom. As hard as you tried, I survived, and I will survive because now I'm surrounded by people that love me. I'm going to do good things in this world despite making me, in every sense of the wor- word, an orphan. That sounds like a monologue some high school girl would do. Yeah. Fuck. I never knew what hate was until now. I mean... If anyone should be doing that monologue, it's her, but... Oh, yeah. No, I mean, she's got it. That's good for her. Yeah. I'm so sorry. There's (laughs) my throat. It's... Everything's bad. Yeah. Um, Fitzpatrick said that under New York sentencing guidelines, Castor would have to serve just over 51 years before she became eligible for parole. At her age, that's effectively a life sentence. Yeah, that's, like, just getting it. Aftermath, in which I spelled the word after and then math. (laughs) <laughs> um, Castor. <laughs> um, New York Department of Correction inmate number 09G0209 was placed in Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women in Bedford Hills, New York. Would you believe? <laughs> wow. Even with credit for time served, her earliest possible release date was June 15th, 2055. Oh, yeah. That year doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> what's, wait, what's the year from? It's like 2025. That's the, from the yeah. John Light. 2025, that's not a real, real. year. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that's like six years away. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Um, that's slightly over a month shy of her 88th birthday. Uh, yeah, no. <clears throat> yeah. That's slightly over a month shy of my 56th birthday. That's <laughs> 57th birthday. Or, Yeah. Because I would be a year older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on April 24th, 2009, ABC aired a two-hour <laughs> two 2020 special about Castor and the trial, which included interviews. During the trial, Castor had been dubbed the Black Widow by media outlets, a title previously given to Lynn Turner. I think she's just Lynn Turner copycat. Yeah. Ashley said that she does not know how her mother, any mother, could try to kill her own child, a question that the public also pondered yeah <laughs> how could she do it like honestly like obviously from like the <coughs> side of it that's like that's fucked up and like how can anyone do that but it seems like even almost like weirdly 
biologically, like, if that would be almost impossible. Like, just instinct-wise. Yeah, and, like, like when how our the hell? brain kicks in, we're like, we're not gonna kill our child? Because, like, it, like, it's the thing how, like, moms, like, lift, like, can lift a car if they're, like, babies stuck under it. Yeah. Like, it's, like, the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She dropped the car on her child. Yeah. <laughs> um... Castor, who uh, professed to being shocked at the guilty verdict, maintained her innocence during the on-air 2020 special, as well as an unaired part of the program. She said that um, Ashley brought this on and insisted that she and Ashley know what really happened. She did express sympathy for her daughter, Bree. Mm -hmm. Sorry. She called Bree an innocent victim whom she lost along with her freedom and her husband's. Her husband's. Damn. She indicated that her mother, stepfather, and some other relatives will support will still support her. Mm-hmm. Bree, like Ashley, had not spoken to Castor since the trial. Bree said that though losing her mother was hard, quote, I was happy that they said she was guilty because we all know that she was guilty. Yeah. And then Ashley said, quote, I would have done anything for her, but she tried to kill me instead. Both of Castor's daughters expressed concern that their mother had not yet apologized to them. Damn. Yeah. Castor maintained that she was innocent of the deaths of her husband and attempted murder of Ashley. ABC interviewed forensic psychiatrist Dr. James Knoll for psychological perspective on the case, and he answered viewers' questions via video on April 23rd, 2009. Hmm. Um... He stated that while most suicide notes focus on the themes of remorse and the person not being able to go on with life, the note supposedly written by Ashley was focused on taking the blame off of Castor. Um, He said that this theme was repeated 14 times within the note, and that he believes Castor will never admit guilt to the murders. Um, The code of murderers such as these, he said, is deny, deny, deny until the bitter end. Yeah. That's my code of conduct. (laughs) Um... When asked if Castor's behavior and body language on the stand shows any sort of clue about her mental state and guilt, Noel reminded that body language and behavior can be affected by events during a trial, such as side effects of medication, anxiety, fatigue, the attorney's instructions to defend on how to behave, and that their and that their oh yeah that their interpretations are not always reliable. Um, though Castor was not officially um, defined as a serial killer, it is likely that she would have killed again. Noel says that killers may have uh, many different motives. He described Castor as a black widow type rather than a typical serial killer. He mm-hmm. described a black widow type as a woman who kills husbands or lovers for material gain, as opposed to the typical serial killer, who, as we know, um, are men, <laughs> Yeah. who kill consecutively for sexual or sadistic motives. Yeah. Which he's learned from Mindhunter. <laughs> Um, he relayed that psychopathic traits um, and histories of childhood abuse have been consistently reported in these women and suggests that if Castor is guilty of the crimes of which she has been convicted and accused, then she would be demonstrating psychopathic traits, including regarding even her own child as an object to be used um, for her convenience. Yeah, like she's not a serial killer, but she is a psychopath. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. Anyway, Forensic Files had an episode on it called Freeze Framed. (laughs) And I love it. Yeah. And I started laughing while taking notes, and the dude next to me was like, what's so funny? And I had to explain so much. (laughs) I was like, well... I have a podcast. There's this pun. (laughs) You see, she used antifreeze to kill people, and he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, my God. And I was like, and it's called Freeze Framed. (laughs) 
funny. You get it? Yeah. Um, in addition to the Turner and Castor anti-freeze murder cases, similar cases were reported in 2008. In 2002, a man um, had been convicted of murdering his wife by anti-freeze in 1998. Mm-hmm. And then a letter she had written before her death incriminated him as a murderer if she were to die eventually. The letter led to his prosecution. Mm. This is just like other things. Anyway, Castor was found dead in her cell on the morning of June 11, 2016. Oh. Her death was listed as unknown, but then it was later ruled um, a heart attack. The irony. I know, right? <laughs> That's it. That's all I got for you. Okay. Damn. That one was very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. And then thanks to Isabella. <laughs> yeah. To me. Um, okay, so <laughs> this, I was thinking of this just very early on solely because of the form of murder, and also I think I can spin it in a way that, like, is, like, the adult version of this, but, um, What? Okay. It'll... I don't know what show you're talking about. What's that noise? I thought that was you. You're pressing on a... Maybe it's the... <laughs> that was so weird. I'm so sorry. There was just a noise that is fully unknown where it is coming from. That was weird. All right, keep going. Maybe it was, like, stuff sliding down. Yeah. I have, like, cork boards under my desk, so it might have been those, like, rubbing up against uh-huh. something. I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'll get murdered in my sleep by those. Anyways, so, uh... Is it happening again? There's a noise. I think it's fine. It's fine. We're not going to worry about it. It's something under your desk, so. Okay. Anyways. um, I'm talking about Heathers Mm. because of the... um, All right. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Because, so, Heathers, if you don't know, uh, which I feel like it's so, such like a thing that people, everyone knows it, but it's um, a movie from the 80s with Wyona Ryder and... It's basically, it's kind of weird to explain once you're thinking about it. It's these three girls, they're all named Heather, and they're, like, the popular girls at school. And um, then, like, their fourth friend is, like, Wyona Ryder. Her name's Veronica in the show, yeah. in the movie. And um, She's, like, edgy. Yeah, she's, like, the edgy one, but then, like, she's... she's just like, I just want to get out of high school and go to Brown. Yeah, she's I'm going from the play, sorry. She's, like, one of those girls, but, like, she's cool. Mm-hmm. And she, like, there's this, like, new kid, and he's... JD. Yeah, like, super school shooter type. Like, he literally pulls a gun. Yeah, like... And, um, he's super edgy, but she's like, oh, he's cool. So they become friends. And then, basically, together, like, Heather... Or not Heather. Veronica's joking about how she, like, wants to kill Heather... And he's like, let's do it. And he's like, yeah. So he goes over, like, to her house, and they pull, like, they make her drink antifreeze, and then she just yeah. passes out. They, like, give her a coffee cup in the morning. And yeah. Put, like, antifreeze in it. Yeah. Because um, it, it was like, they went to a party the night before, so she's, like, hung over, and they're like, oh, it's the best hangover cure, and then she, like, chugs it. Christian Slater plays JD. Yeah. Had a crush on him. He was cute. He's in Mr. Robot now. Mm. Oh, interesting. So... Anyways, mm-hmm. th- I think what I mean by making it a doll, it's like if then in the future, like, because in, so in yeah, because they're teenagers. Yeah, because they're in high school in the show. And I think also for this, JD is, in the actual movie, JD is more like the psychopath and then like 
Veronica comes around and is like, "Yeah, she's like, maybe we shouldn't blow up the school." I've, I have, I haven't, I don't remember the movie. Yeah, no. So she's like, it's kind of, but I think the thing is, she's okay with like four murders, and then it gets to the point where she's like, "We should stop this." Yeah, so they I think kill the she's, two jock dudes. Yeah, it's like the first Heather, and then the two jock dudes, and then is there? I think yeah, no, there's only three murders. It. But there's also, like, attempts and stuff like that. But anyways, she's still obviously a psychopath. Because, like, come on. You can't just, like, murder people. Mm-hmm. Because the iconic quote from the movie is, dear, t- it's, she's, like, writing her diary and she's, like, a monocle on. She's, like, dear diary, my teenage, ang- my teenage angst now has a body count. Yeah. That's, like, the line. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I think... I mean, there's a lot of quotable moments in house. Yeah, there's, um... Oh, what's it's like, that? fuck me slowly with a chainsaw or something. Yeah. There's that one. Um, oh, yeah, there's many more I could think of. But, so, Heather grows up. Not I keep saying Heather. Veronica grows up. And in this case scenario, she was more the psychopath than JD. Or they were equally matched. Because he gets blown up at the end of the movie. <clears throat> okay. Um... <laughs> Just just a quick note. Cause he yeah, he up, tries to blow up the school, right? He, he, yeah, he tries to blow up the school and then, like, walks out with all the explosives on. Then, was like, the musical made before or after the after. movie? After. Okay. Yeah. I remember the musical just because I know, like, all the songs to the musical. Yeah. And it was really funny. Today at work, Dan was, like, singing the, like, uh, it's like, uh, dang, 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 yeah. dang. And I was just like, I know that song. He's like, where do you know it from? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, it's on TikTok. And I was like... Let me look it up. <laughs> and I was like, it's in Heather's. He's like, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's a... T- <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a TikTok song now. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, but so Veronica grows up, and then she hates people <coughs> in general, so I could totally see her being, like, not caring about... According to the men. musical, she thinks everyone could be beautiful. The musical... I'm going off the movie, and I the know. movie is way more bitter. Yeah, I Yeah, the, I enjoy the musical, but... I like the movie better, for sure. I, I really like the musical. <laughs> I really like um like the candy store song. Oh, it's great! I love it. I, the a girl who uh, plays Are Heather we is have great. A problem? <laughs> Do I have a bone to pick? Why now? Are you pulling on my dick? Yeah. Oh no, it's really funny. Dude, I love the musical. Yeah, but so um, Veronica grows up and like will be marrying people. And I think, like, you know, similar situation or whatever. She just starts killing people. Yeah. She's like, you're a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she has her, like, a whole diary thing. And it's just, like, this thing that happened from Mm -hmm. before just comes back to her. Just, like, flashback. So I think she probably will, like, marry some, like, guy that's, like, totally nice. But just she's just, like, you're not too... She's like, you don't get me. Or Mm -hmm. something. Some bullshit like that. And then just, like... Again, the antifreeze is like that. I feel like it's a very common poison. Word. Yeah, like. Does it taste? I think if you. Wow, I'm gonna get arrested for these Google searches. Does antifreeze. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna be put on a list. Have a taste? I. It's got it. Um. <laughs> ethanol glycol is an ingredient that makes antifreeze tasty. <laughs> Sorry. Though colorless and odorless, a syrup, uh, syrupy alcohol derivative, which is excellent at lowering the freezing point of vital engine fluids, has a sweet taste that jibes well with soda, juice, and other sugary beverages. Oh, fuck. Let's make some antifreeze drinks. 
Holy, that's oh my! I wish I didn't know 9-1-1. that. Nine one one. Oh wow! Maggie found out the antifreeze tastes yummy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> I love that it tastes good. It not even doesn't doesn't have a taste. It just tastes good. It jives yeah. well, well with soda. Like, so it's like in the society when she puts antifreeze in the pie. And oh, yeah, like, oh, it would have tasted good. Yeah. Shit. Oh, no. <laughs> this is not something I wanted to know. Anyways, yeah, so she would definitely kill her husbands. Um, I feel like she wouldn't have children, but I guess in this case she would. She would have to, yeah. She would have to. I mean, clearly she didn't love her children. Yeah. Um, oh, no, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so adult Veronica just... Probably didn't get into Brown or wherever the fuck she wanted to go. Yeah. So she's just depressed. And then, like, hey, murder. That will be my hobby. <laughs> my new hobby? Oh, it's murder. Yeah. Writes it on your resume. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, oh, no. Even, like, with Stacy and stuff, that's, like, a good... That's, like, a Heather name. You know? Stacy? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stacy, God, I hate that name. Yeah. No offense if your name is Stacy, because you know what they say is Stacy's mom. She's got it going on, but yeah. it's just like it feels like no one I know, like no one in our generation is named Stacy. I know someone a little bit older than me named Stacy. Interesting. Like, but she's she's probably like almost thirty now. Okay. That's kind of old. A little bit older. That's like ten years, Tess. I think it's less than 10 years. Like, I mean, I say that as if I'm questioning math, but, I, like, I don't know. She's not 30 yet. All right, got it, got it. Like, got it. we're probably, like, anywhere from five to eight years apart. That's what I mean by a little bit older. So there's a quote called, Hi, I'm sorry. Technically, I did not kill Heather Chandler, but, hey, who am I to try to kid, right? I just want my high school to be a nicer place. Amen. Did that sound bitchy? <laughs> yeah. Like, psychopathic. When you look back in that movie, it's so fucked up. But it's also f- fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, it's... I love it. Dude, nothing... Like, the first time I saw it... Because the first time we see JD, he pulls a gun out at this dude. Yeah. And, like, it fires, and then it black screens, and you're like, shit, that man just killed a dude. Yeah. And then it turns out it was... What was in it? Like, paint? It was, like, fake. It was a fake gun. Yeah, or it blanks or whatever. Yeah. Dude, he would have been kicked out. He would have been on the trial. Fa- well, the fact that he's not even... Oh, my... Yeah. Like, They're just like, he got, like, detention. Yeah. Um, oh, no. It's terrible. The whole movie. If you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie. And if you haven't seen the musical, please, God, listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. But watch the movie first. Do not listen to the musical first. Yeah, that way you'll get a plot. You'll get the plot. I say that's a good point. You'll get the plot. So if you're listening to the musical, unless you do that like bootleg, bootleg YouTube thing, but those are I don't like shitty. watching musicals. No. like on the computer. Yeah, except for a very Potter musical or whatever, because you can't get it. <laughs> yeah, like that's like different. no one does that anymore, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, you get the basic plot through the musical. Yeah. I've never seen a musical. No. Like I'm... all the musicals I like, never seen them. I don't know what the plots are. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I got, like, like um, what's the m- musical? Be More Chill? Yeah. No idea what the plot is. I don't know what happens after, like, the first two scenes. 
Like it's it's so because it's always the thing with musicals is like the songs that are good and that you listen to again are always in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. Why? Dear Evan Hansen's the only one that like I like like almost all the songs, and then like the final song, it just hits close to home, you know. Mm-hmm. What one's the final one? It's like it it's a repeat of For Forever. Oh he's like, yeah. He starts and he's like, "Dear Evan Hansen, today is gonna be a good day, and here's why: because you're you, and that's all that matters." And then everyone in the chorus starts singing, and I just yeah. start crying. <laughs> I think it's very funny <laughs> how emotional you get over everything because no one thinks you're as sensitive as you I are. I like cry at and, commercial, and you're literally the softest little baby. Oh, it's so funny. He's mean, mean. I hope you being No, we are watching there's an always commercial, the pad and tampon company. Uh-huh. And it's like like a girl. And they're like oh, interviewing yeah. like the women and they're like, run like a girl and they run like a frou-frou girl. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And then they like they talk to like boys and the boys do the same thing and then they talk to little girls and they're like throw like a girl and then they like throw hard and they're like run yeah. like a girl and they like run hard and then they like talk to like the older women and they're like how do you how do you make that how do you think that makes like girls feel and they're like I think it's like terrible that like a girl is a negative connotation uh-huh. like I'm doing the best I am and it doesn't matter that I'm girl and I'm just like in the back of the classroom crying <laughs> it's like no yeah. look at me it's 9 a.m. <laughs> that's me with the Nike ads we watch Nike ads oh get me just because like they're so good and they're oh, so yeah. Nike ads are God advertisements <laughs> if they really get me they get me you know yeah welcome to now for the rest of forever we will just we're, be talking about because we are in so many advertising classes i'm in two right now i took one last year i'm in i'm kind of in two one of them's like half one's like an advertising illustration yeah right? but we still talk about like ads and stuff but more like print stuff so not like commercials yeah you showed me that what was it the dove commercial with the self-portraits i'm like oh yeah (laughs) it hits close to home you know yeah um anyway i'm also like a huge musical theater fan that no one knew but and no one will ever know yeah except for all our podcast listeners that's a fun little secret feel special i have a lot of secrets (laughs) i have a lot of weird obsessions that don't come off in my regular demeanor yeah (coughs) cool yeah well well um everyone wish me luck on not dying of this illness in the next week um thank tess for the soup amen um <laughs> don't kill anyone <laughs> yeah and have a nice like day and week and month 